Are you stuck on where to start when it comes to getting in shape, feeling more confident in your body, or eating right? I want to break the idea that you have to stick to a diet and crazy workout routine in order to be healthy and reach your goals. Hi guys, I'm Emily Kaufman. I was a burnt out Division 1 athlete, turned stay at home couch potato, now turned group fitness junkie. If you're ready to ditch finding the perfect diet and workout routines that make you feel weak, this is the place for you. Welcome to the tribe, Girls Gone Healthy. Hey guys, welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy. This past week, I had posted up on Instagram asking if anyone had any questions about managing sugar in their diet, and we came back with a lot of good ones. So I brought on Dave Glazer here to talk us through how he's managed it in his diet and give us some tips. So before we get into the interview with Dave, I just wanted to read a review of the week from Apple Podcasts. So this is a really helpful way for me to hear feedback from you. So I encourage you to leave one. I love reading them. And so this is the one from this week. It was left by Jen Leah 14. I listened to Emily's podcast yesterday and I loved how the topics are relatable and keep health rather than appearances at front of mind. The cravings episode gave me a lot of useful insight and it was great to hear the message about health being a lifestyle rather than a temporary diet. Listen to this if you're ready to learn something new and make sustainable changes to your health in an empowering way. Thank you so much, Jen, for leaving that review, and now we'll be listening to Dave. Dave Glaser is a personal trainer, and he's a certified sports nutritionist. Five years ago, he launched Fit Life Champions, which is an online workout program for busy adults that want to begin a strength training program quickly and safely. He also has his own podcast called Aspire Higher, which is for personal trainers looking to expand their practice and turn it into a business for all of my future personal trainers out there. So thank you for coming on, Dave. You bet, Emily. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'd like to go into a little bit of your background and how you got started on this career path. Yeah, of course. Um, Where do I begin? Um, In 2008, I was in the hotel restaurant industry, and when the recession occurred, there weren't very many jobs out in that industry. So I decided to go back to school for exercise science and adult fitness at Metro State University in Denver. And I finished by the time I was about 30, 31. And I didn't really want to be a personal trainer to begin with. I actually wanted to work with athletes at the collegiate or the pro level. And that's a really hard place to start. So um, I humbled myself. I found some humility and I started working with clients here in Denver at a private studio location. And things were pretty rough for the first six to 12 months. But you know, I would raise my client list to about three, back down to five, you know, up to 10, back down to five. And after about the first 14 months, I think is when I built it up into a a full-fledged business that I could live off of. I eclipsed that $50,000 market about 14 months into my business. So that's pretty much how I got started. And then the online training programs came because people started asking me from across the country. A couple sisters actually one at the university of oregon and the other at colorado state university asked me to write them a program and i thought that since they were both so similar in age and goals and body size i'd write them one program and offer it up to both of them and when i found that they saw great results in the first couple of months i decided that that was going to be the way that i would serve more clients um, quickly and safely to help them reach their goals that's awesome. So this was all pre-COVID. You already knew the online space. 
I did. For the last four or five years, we've been serving clients all over the world. Um, we've gone as far as Vietnam and Italy, Germany, Montana, LA, and so many more, um, New Zealand, Australia, Southeast Asia, and England. Wow, that's awesome. So I know that when we had spoke, you said that sugar was something that you had really noticed in your diet and something that you're always aware of. So could you kind of go into that a little bit more? Absolutely. I, I think that the first time I noticed uh, sensitivity to sugar in my nutrition program was right when I graduated college. Um, I went from working 40 hours a week at a restaurant in the evenings, plus school during the day, plus my internship, plus having a daughter. And as soon as I started to slow down by kind of graduating and leaving school behind, that gave me a little extra time to focus on my health. And I started to notice a lot of irritability and anxiousness when I would have a lot of sugar in my diet. That was my first clue that it was an inflammatory food for me. Yeah. So it seems like sugar is almost in everything though. <laughs> like obviously, you know, it's in candy and ice cream and desserts, but then it's also hidden in so many things that we have normally in our diet. So how did you start to keep track of that? I think that I was first becoming aware of how prevalent sugar was used in, in most foods that we buy by switching my um, choices at the grocery store from processed food to whole veggies and whole grains and uh, lean protein and healthy fats. So instead of basically like eliminating all sugar from my diet, I took a game plan of replacing sugar, processed foods, with whole, nutritious, natural occurring foods. And that was my first step into really changing my nutrition program from, oh, what do I have on hand to more of a, a meal prep kind of a program. So on Sundays and Wednesdays, I would prep for the rest of the week. And that was pretty much how I made a shift from finding high sugar foods on the shelves to going through the produce and the lean protein and the healthy fat aisles instead. Yeah, that's a great suggestion too, because I feel like if you were to go into any convenience store or any cafeteria, all of those prepackaged foods are the ones that are high in sugar and those are the ones that you just grab on to snack. Whereas if you're going to the grocery store and you're looking for the more nutrient-dense food, that's just going to fill you up longer. You have meal prep now, so you're not just grabbing for the most convenient, which is also usually the most sugar-dense. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with that. So what different physical and mental changes have you noticed since limiting sugar? Oh, <laughs> what haven't I noticed? <laughs> let's see. Um, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. I think that initially I dropped 15 pounds of body, body weight when I switched from processed foods to whole veggies, fresh veggies, things I could find in the produce aisle and the lean meats instead of something I could grab quickly. So that was my first result that I faced. But then I started to see an increase in natural energy. I started sleeping better because my body was processing all of the foods that I was absorbing that much better. And I also found that I wasn't craving sugar as much anymore. Now that I've taken, shoot, this is seven or eight years later since I graduated college, I actually cannot have sweets in my diet much more than say like dark chocolate covered almonds or a protein bar that has a little bit of flavor to it. That's pretty much as much as I can add into my nutrition program that includes sugar. Mm -hmm. And was that more of a gradual shift over time of slowly cutting it out? 
or did you just one day completely eliminate? It's so hard to go cold turkey, as I'm sure that most people can relate to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there are some things that I actually took out of my nutrition program that were easier than others to stop cold turkey, those being um, alcohol. I went about seven months without alcohol and felt that much better. I was sleeping so much better because alcohol is actually sugar converted from the, whether it's beer um, alcohol comes from the yeast that's converted by, um, excuse me, the grains that are converted to alcohol by the yeast. So um, I eliminated alcohol and then I eliminated coffee as well. And some people like their coffee black, others like to add cream and sugar. And that was another source for me that I could eliminate cold turkey that I saw immediate results. I no longer felt itchy in my throat. I no longer felt anxious or irritable once I cut those two things out. But the rest of my nutrition program was a slow, gradual shift. It's very hard to adhere to new programs or new nutritional plans if we jump from or go from zero to 60. It's so hard to adhere to that long term. Yeah. And just to repeat kind of what you did, so you took the things in your life that you weren't even that attached to. So the alcohol and coffee, that would be easier to cut out. You decide to cut that out right away. And then because you cut that out, then you could start slowly scaling back on things that you did enjoy more in your diet. That's correct. Like ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll be a hard one. And I've actually kind of been doing this myself too, where I've been trying to cut it out. And I didn't think I was doing that great of a job. But then the other day, I went out to get coffee at Dunkin Donuts. Do you guys have that? I don't know. Um, Let's see. In the last three or four years, I've only had about 30 cups of coffee overall. So like knowing where my... Oh, yeah. I guess even if you had it, you wouldn't be Yeah, knowing where my local (laughs) coffee shops are would be hard. Um, We're in Denver, so we have other companies like Lamar's or Krispy Kreme or something like that that I can... Okay. It's exactly like Krispy Kreme. So they're known for their coffees and donuts. So I got a coffee with sugar and cream and a donut... And that would have been a typical breakfast for me just even a year ago. And I got so sick after it. And I was like, oh, this actually is my body is not used to this much sugar. And that was almost like a rewarding feeling to me of being like, okay, like I didn't make any huge changes, but just the slow ones over time, I actually have been reducing it. Mm -hmm. And then your body gives you that feedback when you haven't had it in a while. Yeah. So I know that what you have in your diet now isn't very sugar heavy, but if you ever have cravings, do you allow yourself to consume what you're craving or is there something that you do or eat instead? Uh, That's a really good question. I think that having a healthy mindset and relationship with food really does help us adhere to a nutrition program longer. So if I am significantly craving um, sugar in my diet, I'll meet myself somewhere in the middle. I'll start by drinking some water to kind of, okay, is it my body saying I'm bored or is it my body saying I'm hungry? Because those are two very similar feelings within our body. If the water doesn't work, then I'll actually take a soda water. And I I am a huge fan of LaCroix or LaCroix, whichever way you want to say it. But the carbonation in in soda water really cuts my cravings for alcohol, coffee, um, sweets. It gives me something to do that kind of gives me a little bit of a full feeling like bubbles in my stomach or kind of, it's not masking my craving, but it's doing something as an alternative to handle that craving. 
And then worst comes to worst, if I am craving some of that sweetness, um, then I will go to those dark chocolate covered almonds. Or maybe I'll even go with an unsalted trail mix. Mm-hmm. So you do allow yourself to then have whatever you're craving. Occasionally. I would say that like eight chocolate covered almonds at one time really does suffice because the almonds are healthy fat in there and they make me feel fuller longer. So it, it kind of helps me understand whether my body was bored or hungry or craving sugar. Yeah, that's a great idea too because – as you said, with like the sipping the LaCroix, it, just that feeling almost, you know, it's like, okay, am I craving alcohol or am I craving the feeling of sipping something because I'm bored? So just replacing that with the same action, but with a much healthier thing. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to get a little bit more into refined sugar and why that's so bad compared to maple syrup or honey. And then also where sugar in fruit comes into all of this. That's a really good question. I I think that that's like the biggest debate that people could wrestle with themselves about, okay, how much sugar is appropriate in my diet? And there are some good benefits to sugar. Sugar helps us actually deliver some very important micronutrients to our body. So I would say that like, you know how sports drinks, Gatorade, it has some sugar in it. Well, the sugar helps deliver potassium and sodium to our bodies and our muscles so that we can actually contract better. However, there's like a really imbalanced proportion of those electrolytes and those micronutrients in a Gatorade. So I never recommend that brand. I have some other recommendations that I give my um, pro athletes here at FitLife when they're looking for a sports drink. Um, When we talk about refined sugar, and most of the time people would find that in their cooking recipes where it calls for quarter cup of sugar, half cup of sugar. And you mentioned it already that I do replace sugar with honey or agave. Uh, Not as much agave anymore now that I've understood the difference between glucose and and sucrose, which we're going to get to. So refined sugar in cooking, I'm not much of a baker. So that's really not a hot button for me to find replacements for the sugar that I cook with. But just like a processed food, They're mass-producing refined sugar through a chemical process, through huge machines that we're not really watching the step-by-step process with refined sugar. And that's why I developed such an insensitivity to it, is that it's just such a mass-produced product that there's very little control over the process, especially when I'm choosing my products off the shelf, right? So I love your idea of going for honey as opposed to refined sugar or even agave. And maple syrup is a good alternative too, but I'd always recommend honey as a first choice. It's going to help you kind of bake with sweetness in a healthy way, because honey is most oftentimes when it's locally sourced, a great source of a flavoring agent in foods that you bake with, as well as something that your body is going to absorb and use for Um, fueling performance, whether that's performing better at work or playing with your kids or basically just fueling your workouts. Yeah. So you're saying that sugar does serve a purpose for our bodies and it's not a thousand percent bad. It's just how you consume it. I think it's more, yes, you're absolutely correct. I think it's more about how much sugar we consume and for what reason. Like, yes, if if we're feeding ourselves with sugar for cravings, we need to find a better relationship with food there. However, if we are fueling for performance, 
Well, carbohydrates are sugar. They're just the difference between simple complex uh, simple carbs and complex carbs. Yeah. And then can we just bring up fruit a little bit? How do you mm-hmm. incorporate fruit into your diet? Mm-hmm. I love this question because we were just touching on it that fruit comes to us mostly as a simple carbohydrate, which the body has a very big, big need for. The simple carbohydrates like fructose in fruit will be consumed very quickly. And it's an excellent pre-workout snack. The most fruit that I have within a week is probably like a bundle of of bananas. And that's maybe like my mid-morning snack. Or I'll mix it in with my protein shake that also includes spinach, almond milk, um, the chocolate protein powder, a little bit of cinnamon for that. Cinnamon's a, a great healthy spice for us in to put into our body on a regular basis it's excellent so spinach banana almond milk and cinnamon are my staples when it comes to like a protein shake as a snack fructose serves its purpose for quick energy like we were talking about great for a pre-workout snack but when it comes to a ratio we need one fruit for every three to five veggies that we're eating throughout the course of the day based on your body type So the more slender you are, you could have a three to one ratio of veggies to fruit. The more um, weight loss is our goal, we'll have more of like a five to one veggies to fruit ratio. And that's a good rule of thumb when it comes to veggies versus fruit in our daily nutrition program. Awesome. That's great to bring up too, because I feel like it's a lot easier to add fruit into our diet than it is to add vegetables. And so if you actually put a ratio on that, it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to have this thing of strawberries or this apple, then I should probably also complement it with some vegetables. That's correct. Absolutely. And veggies have more fiber in it than fruit does. So the more veggies that you put into your nutrition program, the more fiber. Almost every American is actually malnourished when it comes to fiber. We need a minimum of 10 grams per day, just as a fun fact for you guys. But what the fiber does for us in our diet is two major things. The first is it makes us feel fuller longer. It's not an energy source per se because there's two different types of fiber. But mostly fiber is there to clean out your digestive tract so that you can absorb all other nutrients that much better. So you're not wasting money on a protein. You're not wasting time by eating healthy fats. And you're taking in good carbohydrates that are now going to be absorbed because you have fiber in your diet. Wow. Well, I'm learning lots. I wanted to hear your opinion on this because it's definitely been talked about both ways from personal trainers. But what is your opinion on using artificial sweeteners? You're right. That That's a huge debate and everybody has their opinion on it. In our American society, it's very hard to completely eliminate everything. So being mindful when it comes to our nutrition choices is a better approach to this or that, or completely eliminate it or have modest amounts. So simply when we're being mindful of artificial sweeteners, okay, is that in my coffee on a daily basis? Well, that might be too much artificial sweetener. Is it a flavoring agent in a protein supplement that I have? that I might only have three to four days a week because that's how frequently I'm exercising. Well, I could probably be more mindful of that choice and actually be more accepting of it in my own program because I'm not over consuming that artificial sweetener. Does that help? 
Yeah, so your philosophy with artificial sweeteners is basically the same as regular sugar. It's all about the quantity and how much you're putting in your body. That's correct. And I'm going to try and avoid it as much as I possibly can because the research that's out there on sucralose, for example, is undetermined. Every other month we get a new study that basically negates the study that was two months old. So it's really hard to understand the processing that goes into those artificial sweeteners, what the purpose is that they're designed for, as well as the long-term effects on the human body. Yeah, no, I agree completely. That's why I wanted to see your opinion on it, because I do feel like science changes with every single study on this. So it's interesting to see how other people kind of relate to it. And so I do really like your philosophy with that of trying to cut that out as much as you can too, and watching the quantity that you have. And then I wanted to talk about your clients a little bit when you're working with them. So if you're just starting with a client and their big focus is a healthier lifestyle, maybe weight loss, is cutting back on sugar and cutting back on the processed foods something that you do with them at the beginning of their journey? Or is that something that you focus on later down the line and some other things are more important first? Uh, That's a really good question. Uh, We come at it with a holistic approach um, to our client services. We do know that combining an exercise and a nutrition program from the very beginning is our best choice to make when it comes to working with our 25 to 40 year old busy adults that want to begin a strength program safely. Most of our clients come with a 15 to 20 pound weight loss goal. However, we have helped an entire family, a sister, a brother, and a mother lose 150 pounds combined. So that's a huge win in our, in our client um, experience. So from day one, we start with seven healthy habits for our members. And they start with make time for yourself. So you must schedule your time for meal prep and you must schedule your time for the workouts, which is great from a personal trainer's perspective because I want to see you two or three days a week in the very beginning. And that's on a scheduled time, whatever is best for our client, morning, afternoon, or evening. And then we go through six more healthy habits, things like drink plenty of water, get plenty of rest. Uh, We talk about eating those veggies to fruit ratio. That's one of our um, healthy habits. Finally, I was just writing about this earlier today. How can I not remember the other three? (laughs) So choose um, goal-specific exercises. Make time for meal prep. And there's one more in there that I can't think of off the top of my head. But to answer your question completely is that we start from day one understanding and sharing in an educational way what adding new things to their nutrition program will do for them, as opposed to having the mindset of, well, what am I going to have to give up? What am I going to have to lose in order to reach my goals? Yeah. No, that's a great way to look at it too, because then you have the abundance mindset of, okay, I'm adding in all these veggies, and then naturally you're just going to fill up on those quicker, and you won't have time to add in all the desserts. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that approach. And then my final question for you here is, are there any common myths that your clients believe when it comes to sugar? Like, do they come in like stating something that you're just like, no, that's just so wrong? (laughs) (laughs) The one I hear the most is that counting calories will help them get to their goals. The one I hear alternatively, most commonly, is that carbs are bad for us. So we already touched on carbohydrates being a sugar, which is the topic of the day today. Mm -hmm. And when we use carbs to fuel our performance, 
then we have a much healthier relationship and mindset when it comes to consuming the right kind of carbs for our goals. We want more veggies from, than fruit because that's going to give us longer, more sustained energy throughout the course of the day, and it will be better for our workouts later on. When it comes to counting calories overall, that's why we start with veggies is because they're nutrient-dense, they're calorie-dense, and they make us feel fuller longer. So if we have a client out there with a 2,000-calorie diet based on their body weight and their goals and their activity level, then we're going to either take a range of 25% to 55% of their nutritional program being carbohydrates, which are sugars, and we just want to dispel those two myths that when we start exercising, we're going to have to take in more calories. Otherwise, those cravings are going to take over. And then secondly, which calories are we going to take in that are helpful and beneficial and be mindful of that? I love that you mentioned that when you're starting to work out more, you're going to start eating more. Because especially with the people that believe counting calories is the only way they get nervous about oh, how am I going to intake more calories? And that's going to equal weight gain. And so I like how you give that alternative of like, okay, no, we're going to focus on veggies. And I think that if there's a blanket statement on this whole episode, it's that Americans need more veggies in their diet. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that takeaway. Uh, I just wanted to give you the platform here now to just talk about your programs and what you offer online right now. Thank you very much, Emily. This has been a great conversation, and um, I'd love to follow up with you later on down the road on so many more topics because I think we could talk for hours about simply just carbohydrates and calorie counting on a daily basis. Yeah, no, I didn't even like get into how carbs change the sugar, all of that. That's, I think, like even one step up of complication, but we'll definitely have to get there. Mm -hmm. We agree that keeping things simple for our clients is a really healthy way to start exercising. So we have a bodyweight workout program right now that's completely online, that's going across the world, um, where we have created so far 40 different bodyweight exercises that people can access on their cell phones that start simple and work their way up in intensity so that people can work out anywhere, anytime, with no equipment, just using their body weight with high uh, low-risk, high-reward exercises, and we give them an additional benefit of a community that they can feel like they're part of something bigger so that they don't feel so alone when they're on their workout journey, especially when they start, because that's the hardest time is to get started and keep going. That is great. And where can they find out about this program and find more information from you? I think the best place for us to connect would be through our website, fitlifechampions.com has a free workout available that you can download and access immediately on your cell phone so that you get a good image and a good picture of what your body's going to feel like after we go through things like circuit training, hit training, Tabata training. We even have some shadow boxing as well as a guest instructor who is a, uh, a Muay Thai instructor giving us a kickboxing routine that you can do over and over and over again and it'll never feel like the same thing. Awesome. So if you guys enjoyed listening to Dave today, all of his information will also be below. So go check out his workout. I'm sure you guys will love it as well. Thanks for coming on, Dave. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. 
You can tag me at underscore Emily Kaufman, at underscore Emily Kaufman. Come say hi, come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.